presenting to you an Ista World podcast. Right, here's the first question. Following the Ten Commandments helps me to become a better person. Who wrote these Ten Commandments? Well, <laughs> very famously, if you're referring to the Christian Ten Commandments, which I presume that this question relates to, then it was God who spoke to Moses, according to the Holy Bible. In fact, the Ten Commandments were presented by Moses to the Hebrew people at the time in 1446, at the time of the Exodus, 1446 BC. Um, the, if you want to know the truth about where these Holy Commandments came from, they came from the astral level demigod which was gifted to Moses by an angel. And the Holy Bible has written it that God, but it didn't specify which God, um, gave Moses these instructions. So that's who wrote the Ten Commandments. And they're based upon similar lines to all the other religions of be a good human being and don't do any harm and worship the Lord where you can. Remember your origin and find your true origin. Just as a supplementary to do with that, do most people know that? No, no, what? Sorry. Like who wrote the Ten Commandments? Is that? I would consensus? think so. Yes, because oh. it's written in the Bible, Christian Bible, mm. that the Ten Commandments were gifted to Moses by God. Right. Okay. I just wondered if anybody would contest that or argue well, that. it doesn't specify which God, mm. the God of the Hebrews, mm. or you know, the God of Moses, Moses' personal God. So, but I can just shed some more light on that as I've explained that it's just the astral level of God that gave the instructions. Sure. Okay. This is a bit of a cheeky question. The world would be less exciting, interesting, diverse, etc. if everyone followed the commandments. Don't you agree? <laughs> well, this world is a field of karma. Therefore, both good and bad deeds have to occur here. So if you find that exciting, that's fair. Why not? The Lord finds it exciting and obviously when the creator of the world in which good and bad can occur in the same place. Mm, that's true. That's true. Okay. When doing Simran during the day, how important or helpful is it to picture the face of your master at the same time? Very helpful indeed. Because the mind has two faculties that need to be occupied. It's visualization and it's speaking. The mind is endlessly chattering. Simran is very helpful to occupy the chattering part of the mind, whereas visualization, um, to improve the visualization, to prevent unnecessary images coming in front of you, if you can uh, visualize the master who initiated you or a holy being, then this is of great help. Okay. If I follow the precepts in my own religion, such as Buddhism, is that the same as the holy precepts that you're actually talking about? You know, what is the difference? Well, the holy precepts of Sampat are very similar to those of Buddhism. Basic idea is not to do any kind of killing, not to get involved in the killing industry, whether directly or indirectly, which includes killing unnecessary animals and insects and obviously human beings. But even unnecessary plucking plants and damaging forests and gardens and parks and whatever. So unnecessary harm 
Then the other one says, okay, now that you're not doing harm to others, don't do harm to yourself. So the precepts are there to explain how you should not do harm to yourself. So they say, don't gamble, waste money, don't put yourself in danger, in dangerous places, don't listen to obscenities or indulge in pornographies or, or, or um, gamble away and, and so on. Many, many different things are told to you to live a moral way of life. This is obviously for your best interest, as well as the fact that it's reducing the consequences that come about when you break those rules. There's a certain effect on your health, your mental well-being, and also on the society who may not agree with those things and may berate you over it. So, and the last of those commandments usually center around spiritual practice. Do your spiritual practice every day. Remember the Lord every day. So again, this is all part and parcel of the idea of um, undergoing your spiritual practice and making spiritual progress and finding out who you really are and where you came from with the goal of, of getting out of this karmic realm for once and for all. So if you have an interest of escaping the karmic realm once and for all and you want to do in this lifetime, these precepts are very important to follow. Now the various splits that various religions and spiritual paths use well that's just depending on the society they're in and so on how they've divided them up but the essence of um, all uh, precepts spiritual precepts and vows are for the welfare of humanity for the welfare of the individual and for attaining higher spiritual knowledge just to add to that i remember a couple of years ago when I went to Thailand, I remember seeing some Buddhist monks and they were eating meat. What yes. was all that about? Well, there's a sect of Buddhism called Theravada Buddhism, which I found in Thailand and some other local countries there, in which they have misinterpreted the teachings of the Buddha. Because the Buddha, when he died, was said to have ate some pig's foot mushroom. They have somewhere along the line mistranslated mushroom and just left the pig's foot. And they think that, uh, therefore, that uh, Buddha ate meat or pork. Mm. It's a, it's a very, it just shows to show how very small changes to scripture can have a big, profound influence on the religion. And that's exactly what's happened. So it's just that they don't realize that that's the case. Mm. But morally, though, surely they know that's wrong. Yes, they should. You would think so. Mm. Because the other major uh, Mahayana Buddhism, of course, are completely vegetarian. They haven't made that mistake. But the Theravada Buddhists set off on their own thing and somewhere down the ages of the Third Buddhist Council, um, they decided to adopt that methodology. There's a long history behind it. I won't go into it now. Mm. But yes, they, 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 um, in fact, they didn't even meditate until about 100 years ago. They even also stopped. They, they made a few changes because the monks at that time thought that actually it wasn't necessary to observe things in this particular way and that it's been misinterpreted by the other groups. And they just went off in their own little tangent as, it, as you do in seeing Christianity, you know? You have Catholicism, Protestantism, Lutherism, the Eastern Orthodox Church. There are many different systems within uh, Christianity even because each one thinks that they have interpreted the teachings better in a better way and they mm. then followed it. So that's what's happened in Buddhism. Yes, it's oh. sad, but it's happened. Sure, thank you. Extending from the five precepts we are told at initiation, can you tell us what other things we should obey that can help us even more? 
the precepts given are very basic. They're just almost a fundamental that all human beings should be doing anyway. If somebody wants to really um, progress spiritually, they live in the Lord's will. Mm. If you live in the Lord's will and you become, you seek to become a noble human being, then this is going some long way towards attaining your spiritual goal in this lifetime. Okay. Can you state some specific examples of similar holy precepts, commandments across different belief systems? Well, I'm not really sure what benefit that would be because I've already summarized the fact that each of these commandments center around a particular benefit for a spiritual practitioner. The first one, I'll reiterate again, is to do with not harming others, not causing harm to the creation, to the planet or to anyone else. The second part of these precepts center around not harming oneself, causing harm to oneself. And the third part of it is do your spiritual practice. All the, all the precepts, any commandments, anything you want to talk about, laws, whatever, they all center around these three things. Okay. Can you state any specific examples of contradictory holy precepts or commandments across different belief systems? Well, the way that individuals interpret them may be contradictory, mm -hmm. but the way they were set down initially were not. So, just as the religions now conflict with each other in the way they've interpreted the spiritual teachings, so does that happen with these spiritual precepts of each religion as well sometimes. Mm. But the original, the source of them were the same. It's just the way that human beings and scholars who were active at the time because enlightened people did not read or write, um, they wrote things down in their own scholarly way. And over time, these things have been straightened out, translated here and there. And so now we have these apparent conflicts. But that's not how they started out. Okay. Are holy precepts commandments aimed largely at the discipline of the body and or mind? Yes. The soul doesn't need any precepts. Mm. This is all for karma of the mind. Because we, relive in, we live in the world of karma. And therefore, there's a law of cause and effect in operation here. So the precepts are designed to minimize the damage done by this cause and effect system. So if you follow them, you're reducing the likelihood of retribution coming your way that will severely hamper your progress or even cause great disturbance to you that doesn't allow you to practice. So if they're very practical, the precepts are a very practical way of living as a human being in order to minimize the detriment of living in this world which is already difficult we already find hardship so they say well you know try your best to minimize how much harm comes your way so therefore the precepts are followed for that reason sure how can the soul ever be subject to disciplines it doesn't the soul doesn't need any discipline mm. The soul is fully aware and fully enlightened. So the soul has nothing to do, nothing to achieve. It just enjoys. Sure. So you could say the soul is a spectator in all of this, a, you know, just somebody who's observational, who's enjoying all this from the Lord's point of view, via the soul's viewpoint, because each soul is a viewpoint of the Lord. So it enjoys creation, it witnesses creation for the glory of God, its creator. So the soul's role in, in creation is very different 
to the characters and to the minds that the soul adopts in order to play out some sort of illusory or fantasy drama in creation, which is what we're going through now, but we take to be real. Sure. Okay, in what ways do holy precepts, commandments, rely heavily on mass cultural belief or value systems? And does that really require constant updating in order to remain relevant? Well, the belief systems are there, as I said earlier, specifically for the benefit of the individual. Mm. Now, at the same time, the world benefits as well, the humanity benefits as well. So they don't need updating. It's not a question to update them or to modify them or change them. As long as human beings exist on Earth and the Earth exists, the precepts will always remain the same. How they are worded, how they are explained may vary according to culture and custom and so on. But the basic essence is those three things I mentioned. Do no harm to anyone else in creation or to the environment or the planet. Do no harm to yourself and do your spiritual practice. Those are, those are the three precepts. How you want to divide them into a hundred things or three things mm. is up to you and the culture. Yeah. Would you say they're the top three holy precepts for the 21st century, those that you just mentioned? There's only those three. It doesn't matter if it's 21st century, 25th <laughs> century, 1st century. It's always the same. Mm. How is it possible to recreate unity of consciousness through the holy precepts or commandments? Sorry, if you say that again. How is it possible to recreate unity of consciousness through holy precepts or commandments? You see, the precepts are for the mind. Mm. Union is between soul to the Lord. So the precepts play a small part in this. They're initially important because they prevent the backlash of karma or retribution affecting you. That makes you so busy that you have no time to do your spiritual practice. Mm. If you reduce the uh, impact that the creation is having upon you and life is having upon you, you can spend more time in spiritual practice. So initially, the precepts are important in order to help you. But once you reach a certain stage in, um, in spiritual practice, such as going beyond the level of mind and maya, then there's no retribution, there's no comeback. You can do what you like. Mm. However, because at that point you become also sensible in the sense that you realize that you are sharing the world with those who are susceptible to any excuse to do harm or to break the rules, so you generally comply with it anyway. Because you don't also you also don't want those things. You don't want to cause harm to anybody. You don't want to cause harm to yourself physically because you want to enjoy yourself in the creation. Mm. There's no enjoyment in, in karmic retribution. So despite the fact that you're beyond all of that, you don't need to comply anymore, you still do for the sake of others as well as making your life a bit more pleasant here if you want to continue to remain here. Mm, okay. Um, what do you find are the biggest individual hurdles within the five precepts of, for example, maybe Kuan Yin or Sant Each one has their own problem. Mm. It's not, uh, there's no universal for everybody. Some people might find the vegetarianism part hard. Some people might find not gambling hard. Some people might find not harming others. You know, gossiping or, or thinking badly of others yeah. or judging others. They might mm. find that difficult. You see, people might find the spiritual practice part difficult, that they find it difficult to do their meditation or to think about the Lord. So each one has their own problems. Mm. So I wouldn't say there's one particular problem for everybody. 
Sure. Okay, this is um, the last question now. What is a holy act in Master's point of view? Well, to live in the Lord's will is the best thing you can do. Because by living in the Lord's will and obeying your spiritual master, yeah, what more can you do? <laughs> True. Is there anything that you want to add based on those questions? I know this was quite a short one. That might have come up for you. Well, I think that, um, that people should use this quiet time that they're at home now to redouble their efforts on spiritual practice and to confirm for themselves that everything that they have read about and they've learned about is actually true. Mm. It is important that they witness this personally themselves to be convinced of this and to keep them practicing for the rest of their life in order to gain the benefits. Who doesn't want to live a charmed life? If you've mm. performed these spiritual practices and reach a certain point, then life becomes charming for you. Wow. So if you want to have a charmed, wonderful existence in whatever position you may be placed in life, why not? Why not do it? Use this quiet time now to do your spiritual practice earnestly mm. and test it for yourself. Why not? Nobody's saying just blind faith. Why not ask? So, okay, show me. Let me see. Let's go. Let's go for this. And be persistent. Never give up. Thank you. That's good. Okay, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to answer these questions. Most welcome.